Hello, everybody. Welcome to Versus Pop Culture. My name is Richard. With me is Craig. Hello. And Ashley. Hey, hey. I was trying to debate whether we were just going to pretend like this is completely normal and go with it. You had to make a weird right there. Yep. So we're just going to go ahead and get right into the weird. So if you're listening to this, you probably heard last week's episode and you were aware that Johnny is becoming an American. And as he is hearing this for the first time, he is driving to the U.S. So this is a very special episode of Versus Pop Culture aimed very heavily at one person. And we have invited Johnny's fiance Ashley, to take his place. I so he, hope I make him proud and don't embarrass anybody, including myself. I mean, I cut <laughs> out things that Greg does is embarrassing all the time. You should hear half the stuff. Yeah, it, Greg actually talks solidly for 45 minutes per episode, but I have to cut like 35 minutes of it. That's what happens. can't really do much about it. Well, it's better to have more content. Yeah. Exactly. Richard's just stifling me all the time. <laughs> so being as uh, this is uh, kind of our gift to Johnny on his way into the U.S., and it is his, you know, like biggest road trip of his life, this is going to be a heavily road trip themed podcast. We have discussed a whole lot of different things uh, regarding road trip movies uh, and a couple different things that we're going to talk about that are very like road trip centric. Um, but I would be remiss if I did not start off with the fact that today, literally, as we speak, Disney is in the process of announcing dozens of things that I want to watch. Uh, Up to and including 10 more Star Wars movies, I'm sorry, TV shows on Disney+, 10 additional Marvel series on Disney+, and Patty freaking Jenkins is directing a Star Wars movie. Movie or show? Movie. Ooh. She is directing Rogue Squadron. That's awesome. Yeah. They, as far as I've seen, they haven't announced what the Marvel movies are, or Marvel shows are yet. So let's just go down a quick list of what they have announced from the Star Wars side of things. Uh, Andor, the Rogue One prequel series featuring uh, Diego Luna's Cassian Andor. Obi-Wan. Featuring both Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen. The Rangers of the New Republic and Ahsoka, direct spinoffs of The Mandalorian. I'm assuming that that's uh, Gina Carano in Rangers of the New Republic. That should be pretty cool. A Lando spinoff series. The Acolyte, a female-centric series billed as a mystery thriller set in the final days of the High Republic. Star Wars The Bad Batch, an animated follow-up to The Clone Wars. Star Wars Visions, an anthology collection, and the animated A Droid Story. Uh, yeah, it is absolutely ridiculous for a streaming service that basically had The Mandalorian for the last year and change. To announce all of this just right off the bat is ridiculous. Ashley, is there anything in there that you're excited for? I am most excited, I think, for the Ahsoka Mandalorian spinoff, um, only because I became familiar with her and her character by watching um, Clone Wars with Johnny. Um, and it's not something that I had, had seen before or was particularly interested in, but her character was really neat. Um, I liked the last Mandalorian episode with with her in it. I liked the little introduction we got. I think a full series um, is great and will hopefully do her justice. I, I did send um, the announcement to Johnny earlier and I said, maybe more Baby Yoda content, um, mostly just because he hates when I call Grogu Baby Yoda, but I do it anyway. So what you're saying is you'd really like uh, Baby Yoda and the Chicky Nuggies prequel series? Absolutely. Got to get the Chicky Nuggies in there 100%. Um, I think that's a perfect snack for watching the series. It, it would be great. Uh, Greg, anything in there that you're excited about? Is that a kid series coming out? Baby Yoda and Chicky Nuggies series? 
Yes, uh, yeah, I don't know. The, the Chicky Nuggies are. It's actually Baby Yoda and the Chicky Nuggie Gang. Oh, nice! It's going to be they... him and all the younglings right before the fall of uh, Anakin. As long as they have Australian accents, I'm good with it. If they don't have Australian accents, it won't really work for me. Uh, yeah, so there is a whole lot coming. It is really ridiculous. I'm really excited about this. I did not see any of this coming today, uh, which is why it was not definitely not included on our planning until like 10 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that being said, from there, um, we did discuss, uh, we are going to talk about our favorite road trip movies. So, Rick. Yes. Would you like to start? No, let me let let's actually start. Okay. Oh, thanks. Well, I was gonna let you start because of you picked my movie. Oh. <laughs> Fair enough. So. so how many how many movies are we are we talking about here? I picked like I picked like three that I think are probably in like my top. Let's go top three. All right, top three in no order because I didn't really think about how I would rank them. Um, when I thought about movies about road trips, I like none immediately came to mind. But like when I started thinking more about it, for some reason, We're the Millers came to the top of my mind. And and I've always enjoyed that film is is just like cheap humor as it is. I I love Jason Sudeikis. I think he's hilarious. Um, he got his start or part of his start in Chicago. So near and dear to my heart coming um, from the comedy scene here. I think the cast is fantastic. Um, and I watched it again last night just to like laugh. It's just like cheap humor, quick laughs, and just something really easy to watch. So that's that's one I've always liked. Okay. I can give you that. I think another one, at least for this time of year, planes, trains, and automobiles. Uh, Johnny would have been really mad if one of us didn't say that. Yeah. I Well, and we were talking about it recently, too, just to kick off the holiday season. So I felt like it. we had to talk about it tonight. It definitely makes my list without question. Um, John Candy, Steve Martin, like, what more can you really ask for? John Hughes film, like, you can do no wrong. I I think, honestly, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles has probably come up more than almost any other movie we've ever mentioned on the podcast. Um, And I've still never seen it. Oh, no. Yeah. Usually I'm getting in trouble for being the one who hasn't seen a, like a very well-known movie. So I'm, I'm glad I'm not the one this time. <laughs> well, you, well, that's usually my spot. I'm going to let you know, right? Because I'll watch, they'll, they'll watch a movie like, Hey, Greg, you gonna watch this movie. I'm like, okay. Then I just don't watch it. <laughs> she she knows she's heard the podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, they have, the movie has to draw me in. And that's one of the reasons that, um, that we are the Millers drew me in because I like Jason Sudeikis ever since the, um, Oh, what was the movie? <laughs> Horrible bosses. Oh yeah. Yeah. So was that before or after meet the Millers? Uh, before I believe. Okay. I thought it was before, but I remember oh, from hall pass. I'll tell you real quick. Hall pass was, eh. but I do like Jason Sudeikis quite a bit. Obviously, you know, Ted Lasso. That's yeah. my show. We watched the first episode with the with that cast. It was obviously pre-recorded, but that's awesome. That's uh, Where the Millers was after Horrible Bosses, yes. After. I, I thought it was, because I remember seeing Horrible Bosses, and then I saw some of the trailers for We Are the Millers. I'm like, yeah, I got to watch that. Okay, and what is your last one, uh, Ashley? So this one I, t- I took to, to Google as anyone does and was like road trip movies, road trip movies. Like, what am I missing? Like, I'm sure there are hundreds out there that I'm not even thinking about. And I got a blast from the past. One of my favorite movies as a kid that I have since watched, I think once or twice um, since getting Disney Plus, a goofy movie. Oh, okay. Loved that movie as a kid. I, my brother and I watched it together a ton and 
I think to this day, in in if we end up talking about road trip music, the music in that film so good, so many good songs. I still listen to them today. today so good. Um, I definitely had a crush on Powerline when I was a kid. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's weird to like have a crush on a cartoon character, but you know what? I'm I'm gonna own it. I'm fully admitting it here today. So I am adding that to my list for nostalgia factor. Great songs and cute cartoon rock star character. Okay. Uh, Greg, how about you, buddy? Well, my my first one was We Are the Millers because that was obviously that was the first one that just came to my mind because that, that, it was just a super funny movie. Um, my second one was the actual movie Road Trip. Okay. <laughs> because there's just a lot of dumb things that happen throughout that whole trip. And then in the end, it works out like, oh, okay. And I'm, I, I'll be referencing the spiritual sequel to that. Yep. And then the, the third one's probably the only weird one, which is Rain Man. Okay. I just had something about that movie. I, when you saw the range of like Dustin Hoffman and Tom Cruise in that movie, I just really enjoyed the movie. Um, and well, and filmed in Cincinnati. So there's a certain amount of love there. I didn't go into my love. That was just more of, I like those two movies or like those two guys. In that yeah. movie. So. Um, so I, it's funny because like I, we expanded out to three because honestly I was having trouble with one. Um, <clears throat> I will tell you right now, I watched Euro Trip last week and I love that movie. <laughs> and that movie is dumb as hell. Uh, it completely conflates how exchange rates work, <laughs> but I love it. Yeah. You know, when, when they're in the like Soviet bloc country, and they have like two dollars in their pocket, and they end up at like a five star resort. Uh, and they give a guy a nickel, and he quits his job. And they're like exchange rates. I'm like, okay, that's not how that works. But I will say, I lean on the exchange rate heavily when I'm allowed to go to Canada. The American dollar worth so much there. Yeah. It's great. It's so I'm going to miss that a lot now that Johnny's moving here. And see, like. Me and Greg went to like the only place where that didn't work when we went to Europe. Yeah. We, we got over there and we're like, oh, wow, this is only 20 pounds. And they're like, that's $35. Like, oh, well, shit. Uh, it wasn't that bad, but it, they're definitely it, checking the credit card bill afterwards. There was definitely a few surprises. Like, well, I thought that hoodie was a lot more reasonable than that. Oh, I paid a 22% premium, didn't I? Okay. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so Eurotrip, I, I love. And honestly, it for no, no other reason than uh, Matt Damon in the most bonkers performance that he will ever give singing Scotty Doesn't Know. Yeah. Uh, I, I had to look it up afterwards. I've always wondered how in the hell Matt Damon ended up in that because he's uncredited. Like, he's nowhere in the credits. I have that song on multiple playlists to yeah. this day on my Spotify account. So again, I'm just going to own that. That song is great. Uh, apparently Matt Damon went to college with some of the writers of uh, Eurotrip and he was in town filming something else, something just completely bonkers. I don't remember what. Uh, and they were like, cool. Uh, so you're filming that we're filming this. And you've already got your head shaped. So you have to wear a wig. It's like Brothers Grimm or something like that. And so he just showed up with a shaved head and they put him in makeup and shot it. Um, yeah, that that whole sequence, like the fact that that's just interwoven throughout the entire movie uh, is so damn good. Um, number two, um, and this recently came up uh, because someone on Twitter happened to mention the question. What's the best fake song from a movie, a.k.a. a song that exists just in the movie but shouldn't exist in real life? Like, for example, like all the songs from the movie Rockstar. Um, and I, I was like, well, everyone here seems to be undervaluing Get Him to the Greek because all of the Infant Sorrow songs are absolute, uh, as the kids say, bangers. Uh, including, like, the, the one song... Well, I guess like the least play, uh, Bangers, Beans, and Mash. I love that song. I could, I have a whole playlist of just Infant Sorrow songs. Um, 
Get of the Greek is absolutely great. It's got a little bit of a lull in the middle there with the relationship drama, but everything else about it, I, I love that movie. Uh, and then, yeah, kind of like everyone else, I admittedly went online to look up and try to come up with my third one. Uh, and I was really mad at myself for not realizing that Zombieland is a road trip movie. I also noticed that when I looked it up, too. And I I was like, why didn't I think of that? There were so many that once I actually took the time to look up a list, I was like, oh, yeah, that is that is a road trip movie. Like, why did I... I Blanked. Yeah, and uh, Dumb and Dumber, too. I was like, oh, that's a good one to have to choose from. What about Tommy Boy? Tommy, Tommy Boy's another Boy? one. <laughs> and uh, Black Sheep, although... Eh. That one's a little bit further a stretch, but... Yeah. Dumb and Louise. Yep. It's really funny, because I initially thought that I was going to put... Um, due date on my list. Like, for some reason, due date kept popping into my head, and I was like... Yeah, okay, but then it just kept falling further and further down the list to the point where, like, if I was making a top ten, it wouldn't even be on it. For a hot second, I considered adding Borat to my list, especially given the more recent one that came out, but, yeah. The more recent one is very road trip. Yes, yes. Um, We watched that, I think, over Halloween weekend, so we did sit down and watch the the new Borat film. Um, Yeah, that was... (laughs) It um it lived up to the to the scandal on Twitter and just setting the internet on fire with how crazy some of the scenes were. How that man hasn't been like physically assaulted yet, or maybe he has been, is beyond me, truly. No, that's that's a really valid question. I mean, he is he's nuts. I mean, honestly, he he lives those characters to the point where it's just like, I, I can't imagine like, like he, when, when you hear about method actors, it's one thing, but then when you see it actually play out the way that it does with him, it's just like, Jesus, man, how do you live like that? Like, did you ever watch the, uh, the Netflix um, documentary they did on when Jim Carrey played Andy Kaufman and man on the moon? No, uh, it's a really great one. I want to say it's called like Jim and Andy. Because uh, Jim went full method. He was Andy Kaufman from the minute that he like took the role until the minute the camera stopped shooting. Um, and they shot so much footage of it. And he's just, he's bonkers the whole damn time. And he's refusing to be re- addressed as Jim. He's getting into feuds with um, Jerry Lawler. He was feuding with Jerry Lawler as they were filming. And Jerry's like, Andy and I were friends. What is wrong with you? <laughs> So yeah, high recommend on that. Okay, well, uh, I think we've got uh, I think we've got nine good movies here for anyone who's looking for a good road trip movie. Uh, so high recommend on pretty much all of those if you're looking for you know a good time. And and check Google for all of the ones that we're missing because there were plenty that I again didn't think of, and as soon as I saw them on a list, I was like, yeah, I'd like to rewatch that. Okay, so staying with the road trip theme. What is your most clutch road trip snack? You are you are going on a road trip. You need this. It can be something off the wall. It can be something you get at the convenience store, whatever it is. Gregory, why don't you go first, buddy? I'm going to go with sour Skittles. I don't know what it is about those specifically, I just, I like having them because I think I can just eat a couple at a time and just keep driving. Because <laughs> I don't want, to, if I have regular Skittles, I would eat them by the handful. But with those, I can eat them a couple at a time and then they'll last, you know, a couple hours versus just shoving the whole bo- you know, bag in my mouth and then going a couple hours without snacks. Okay. I'm going to tell you two and one of them you all are going to think that i am crazy for but damn it they're delicious my daughter when she was little we took her on a lot of road trips she was always great i mean she my daughter has always been the best at traveling absolute best we took her on a plane when she was like nine months old did not make a peep 
But when kids are little, there is a snack that they can get. And it is these little circles of freeze-dried yogurt. And they should not be good. And they are goddamn delicious. We would go buy those little circles of freeze-dried yogurt to take with us on those uh, road trips. And it would always be like she'd be she would want food and she'd you know be giving us the hand to like give me food and I'd be like, here you go, kid, here's two. And two for daddy. And I can tell you right now, like uh, me and the and the missus ate as many or more than she did on those road trips. But <laughs> they were amazing. And I can't buy them now because she's not little and it would be weird. It wouldn't be weird. Who's going to know that you don't have a tiny child at home? No one's going to know that. I would give them crap for it. Uh, I'll mean, just not even, not even think about it. Think I'll twice. order them off of Amazon to hide my shame. But it, it seriously, like you, you, you're acting like I'm crazy now. You're going to have a kid one day, and you're going to you're going to just for the heck of it, you're going to put one in your mouth and you're going to be like, "Why is this so good?" Like, I don't feel like it's that far of a stretch because, like, they need to make it enticing for kids to eat. Like, it has to taste good or kids aren't going to eat it. So I, I feel like that's reasonable that kids' snacks taste good for adults to eat. Uh, other than that, my, my normal pick will be Sour Patch Kids by the Bagful. <laughs> like, the big bagful. And I, I, I do the same thing as Greg. I convince myself, I'll just take two. And then, like, ten minutes later, I'm like, why is the bag only filled with dust? <laughs> you get that little, like, sour dust right under your nose, like you're a fiend. <laughs> I haven't noticed that personally, but... Uh... Oh, my bad. <laughs> what do you mean? That's what keeps, keeps you going on the long road trips. Right. All right, and Ashley. So, I... so. Throughout our relationship, driving from Chicago to London, Ontario, it's about a six-hour drive-ish, give or take. Um, I always, so I feel like I've gotten good at, like, packing snacks. Um, I always set out with really good intentions, so I'll pack, like, you know, fruits and nuts to have something, like, pretty balanced. I'll bring a bunch of water bottles to stay hydrated, Inevitably, I stop at a gas station along the way, Reese's Pieces, every time, only because they don't melt in your hand. So typically, I'm a Reese's Cups person, Piece, like the pieces don't do it for me. But for a road trip, because they don't melt, Reese's Pieces are my road trip snack. And then for something that's more salty, combos. I love combos. And I only buy them at a rest stop or a gas station. I won't buy them in advance. I'll only buy them from the gas station. They taste better from there. But what flavor combos? Uh, pizza ones. Okay. I, I, I wasn't really going to judge any of them. I just... just they're all good. The but the pizza... The, I feel like the pizza ones just... They're so I, salty and just like... They, they shouldn't taste like anything of this earth. They like... I don't know what they use, but they do it for me. I, I love the peanut butter combos. If you said nacho cheese, I was going to judge you, but it's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so uh, we have talked about our favorite snacks, our favorite road trip movies, and now what is the other thing that gives you energy other than random snacks and sugar, but your road trip music playlist. What does your road trip music playlist look like? All right. I, I'll, I'll just rip the Band-Aid off. I already admitted earlier that songs from the Goofy movie, total bangers. So I, on my road trip playlist, I have Disney songs throughout. Not a ton, but like Mulan, the let's get down to business song. So good. That will amp you up for anything. I feel like I can run through a brick wall when I put on the Mulan soundtrack. Um, Moana has some really, really good songs that I, I feel like I kind of fell in love with just because our nieces had this like huge Moana phase. So hearing the same songs over and over again, particularly the ones that the rock sings 
so good. They'll get stuck in your head. Really good for driving. Um, and I love like 80s karaoke songs. So I, I put that on. I'm a total car singer. I I will sing in my car to the top of my lungs because usually I'm driving by myself. So when I'm in my car, that's my stage. That's my platform. Um, I'll get like the fingers going on the steering wheel. Like if I got the window down, I might do like a little hand motion, like up and down and kind of like ride the wave of the wind. I feel like 80 songs, super, super good for that. Um, and then I'm I'm still as a 30 year old woman, um, an emo teen at heart. So I got some of those good like screamo emo songs on there, just just to throw it back to my youth. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, a lot of time, mine are going to be more of like the emo song stuff that'll keep me awake, um, or or the lame you know audio book type thing. <laughs> Uh, I did drive to from Cincinnati to Florida and back in a weekend, which is a 14 hour one way drive. So I listened to Dan Brown's book. Oh, Dante's Inferno. Is it Dan? Brown? Yeah. So that's the book I did that. That got real. The Da Vinci Code. No, there was, it was, there was another one, Dan Brown, but it wasn't the Da Vinci Code. It was the one. How oh, can I remember it now? I thought it was Dan Brown. It was Inferno. Oh, it was Inferno, not Dante's Inferno, but same idea. Um, which had a completely different meaning than the than the movie. That's a whole other story. But but I, I'm I'm with you on the <laughs> the loud screaming music. Or I don't really do much '80s stuff. Mine's more boy band '90s, like a also game. great. I have those on my list too, um, just because like stuff that I know by heart and that I don't listen to every day, that's kind of what I want to hear when I drive because like it's a good throwback and it just gets me pumped because I'm like, hey, I haven't heard this song in, in ages, but I still know every single word. I can I can sing every single word and, and that's always fun. Right. I, I have, um, I often have to make about a two hour drive each way. I shouldn't say often because since pandemic started, I've only had to do it once and that was today. Um, But it is a long and boring drive. Uh, And what I found was if I listened to an audio book or a podcast, I would get really sleepy at about the 75 minute mark. Um, Didn't matter either direction. Uh, So I kind of created this playlist and it's a mixture of random bands that I've seen live and songs I can sing along to um, and basically random pop punk music. And that is basically it. And it's just stuff that I I can just listen to. And if I'm driving by myself, I can just crank the stereo and sing along with and pretend like my voice isn't awful. And it just works. Nobody's voice is awful in the car. Like there are, there are, there's no judgment for road trip singing. Everyone has a good voice in the car. I, th- I think that's just an unspoken rule. Um, and it's funny. I convinced myself that I had a decently okay voice from that. And also one of my coworkers, um, you know, I'd sit in my cube and sing along to stuff and he never banned me from singing, which he had banned one of my other coworkers from singing. And then I put in my headphones one day and I was singing along a little louder than I thought I was. And that was the day I was banned from singing. So, yeah, it's uh, I, I feel like the main requirement with any road trip music is something that gives you the energy to continue the driver. So like you have to it, it's less about caring what like the passenger wants to hear or, you know, the person in the back. And more just what's going to get you there. And that's why the second that you hand over the steering wheel, you hand over the playlist. Yeah, agreed so. with that. I will never forget. I So my brother and I like to travel together a lot. And we took a trip to um, Vegas and then drove through the desert to California. 
Um, and it was nighttime, like no lights, nobody on the road in the desert. And like, I was getting tired. I was getting kind of scared of some of like the winding roads and stuff. And I was like, get me something that's going to get me amped. And he put on a uh, dropkick Murphy's album. And like, I was ready to go. I was like, then I was good for the rest of the trip. So not something that I would ordinarily pick to drive, but like, that was so key in the moment. Um, so now I've added several Dropkick Murphy songs to my road trip playlist as well. Very good. Okay, we've got a couple more road trip topics and then one non-road trip topic. Uh, So what is your favorite road trip restaurant? Is there a restaurant that like you're driving along and you've got to be like, we're here, let's go. Um. Greg, do you have any favorite road trip restaurants? I was always the guy that drove through. Like, oh, you're we never stopped. Yeah. So that's just that's just the bad. That was the bad thing about all the road trips I did. But I didn't really do a lot of road trips growing up. We flew mostly to West Coast stuff. Yeah, and see, we we never did West Coast growing up. Um, we we basically hit the two like north and south parts of the country, like. We would go to Florida every couple years, uh, and almost every year we would go to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Uh, and I'll touch on that here in just a second with favorite road trip memory. Um, my favorite road trip restaurant right now uh, is Zaxby's. I've never been there. They are they're only in the South. Um, it, and it would easily it would easily be like Whataburger if I've ever driven to a Whataburger, but I don't drive to Whataburger. Uh, but like there's Zaxby's in Lexington. I think that's the closest one to us. Uh, so like, and it's really funny because like Amy can always tell, like when I start seeing the Zaxby signs on the road trip, cause I'll be like, Hey, are you hungry? <laughs> um, and it's, I mean, it's nothing overly special, but it's really good chicken fingers basically. Um, and, it, you know, it's it's probably better than any other place. Like, like Popeye's is too dry. Mm. Uh, Raisin Cane's is too awful. Um, so, like, Zaxby's is, like, probably the best of those types of places. Uh, and it, you don't find it around here, and I happen to catch it every time we go to Florida. So it's my favorite current road trip restaurant. How about you, Ashley? So Johnny's going to kill me for saying this, but anytime I go to Canada, my first stop, the minute I cross the border and usually Sarnia is Tim Hortons, Um, not because it's particularly good. It's really not, but it's because I don't really have them in the immediate vicinity in Chicago. I think there's a couple in Eastern Michigan, um, but none that are that close to me. Um, I'm also a bit of a Tim Hortons elitist, if you can be one of those. Um, I don't think the American ones are as good as the Canadian ones. I, I've i never had a Canadian one, but I can tell you that's got to be true because the ones <laughs> around here kind of suck. <laughs> so, I mean, they've messed my order up, I think, like 85% of the time I've gone, but I never care. It's just the like, I think part of it is the like knowing that I'm so close to getting where I'm going. So I'm like, once I hit Tim Hortons, I have like an hour ish to go. So that's always nice. Um, But that's always my first stop. The second I cross the border and then not a restaurant, but uh, I was just talking about this the other day. My favorite place to stop on a road trip is the pilot gas station. I, I, they have the best snacks, the best selection of snacks. They have the cleanest bathrooms. Um, so that is my all time favorite place to stop. I tell everybody this and they're like, you have a favorite rest stop. That's really weird. But like, you got to talk about it. You got to talk about where's a good place to stop. You don't want to stop at like a shady, dark place where you're going to get any sort of communicable diseases by going into it. So I'm here to shout out Pilot. Pilot has always done right by me. Um, that is my favorite stop to pull over, get gas, get snacks. And yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I, I don't really have a hierarchy of like uh, gas stations personally, but that being said, what you said does make sense. Um, I do generally like uh, hitting some of the larger rest stop style gas stations. Um, in particular, um, pilots are usually pretty good. 
So I'll, I'll definitely give you that. I hadn't thought about it, but I, I agree. Okay, uh, that brings me to our next topic. Uh, do you have a favorite road trip memory? I so I'll split it into two because so many of my really gro- good road trip memories have been with Johnny just because so much of our relationship has been traveling back and forth here and there. Um, but I, I also travel with my brother a lot and that's been something that's been really special for me. Um, so over the summer, kind of, we, we, we try to take one trip a year together and with COVID, that kind of complicated things. We were originally supposed to go to Cozumel um, in April, canceled that, of course, just because of how bad things were then. Um, then in July, we kind of like took a look at the map and said, what is the least dangerous place we can go right now? Um, we ended up choosing Colorado so that we could be outdoors. We could be kind of segregated from people. Um Flew into Denver, stayed the night in Denver, and then we kind of just went on a road trip through Colorado doing different things. So we stopped in Idaho Springs and did some white water rafting. That was awesome. And then we drove up to Estes Park. We hiked Rocky Mountain together. And um, it was just one of the best trips that I can remember. Like we just had a great time. Ozzy Osbourne was the music of our trip. So like that was a really like fun memory. Like the two of us just like headbanging in the car together. Um, we always usually have like a genre or a band for our trip. So that trip happened to be Ozzy Osbourne. Um, and it was just really cool. It was something from like something different from where we usually go. We usually take like HE vacations and this was something that was kind of different. So I would say that that was one of my best memories with my brother And then I don't know if this is cheating to say this or not, but so I don't know if you guys know this, but I am going to pick Johnny up from the border on Saturday. I did not know you were doing it from the border. I'm I'm going to retrieve him from. So, right. He's going to cross in Port Huron, Sarnia, and then drive down to Detroit. So I'm going to pick him up in Detroit. And even though that road trip hasn't happened yet, I'm I'm going to go out on a limb and say that that's going to be my favorite road trip with him because I will be bringing him home to Chicago. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. We're excited that's, too, by the way. Yes, we are. We can get both of you on here. Oh, fun. God. <laughs> You'll love the banter. You'll just love it. I know you two will. He won't. Well, that's the fun part. <laughs> I agree. It'll be funny because like Greg likes to troll me and you'll be trolling him and we'll both just be sitting there like this. <laughs> and we'll be laughing. That's the best part. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, Greg, do you have a favorite road trip memory? Well, mine was the same trip that I drove to Florida. Uh, it was the first trip, first road trip I took with my son. Um he was a trooper. Obviously, it's a little bit harder to do. He was like 12 or 13. He didn't drive, so obviously. But he he was just there. He listened to the book with me. We talked about the book. Um, he got to meet my godson. Everything. It was just one of those things. The whole weekend was really nice. Uh, we get, he, it was his first trip out of the state, so like past Kentucky or Indiana. So he really liked it. So it was just one of those things. We stopped and got Georgia peaches on the way back. Um, that was <laughs> that was really nice. We made cobbler with it. Nice. It was, oh, we, he loved that. We had peaches for like three months. But that's awesome. I didn't know how much oh. we get, so I got half a crate, which is not the right answer. Uh, Ashley, that reminds me, uh, you were talking about always trying to start off really healthy with your snacks and trying to start off right. Uh, I told like, I I went on to like a hardcore health kick last year. Uh, And prior to pandemic, I was doing really, really well. I was down 50 pounds. And now I'm down 30. (laughs) But uh, neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, But uh, right, literally a month before pandemic, we were in Disney World. And on the way down, I was like, I'm going to take down a whole bunch of really healthy snacks. So I'm not eating awful the whole way down. And I took, I want to say there were some peaches and there were some apples and some other fruits that I love. 
And I vividly remember getting them out of my car when we got back, all bruised and battered and having to throw them away. <laughs> Always good intentions. But like, I I don't know if it's just the because I, I usually eat fairly healthier, at least I make an effort to like, once I hit the road, it's all the rules are gone. I'm like, I'm away from home. I'm free. I'm, I'm out in the world and nobody can tell me no. I don't have to live in the shame of my home knowing the choices that I've made. There are no rules on the road. So good intentions, poor execution, at least on my part. I mean, e- even today, I was two hours away from home and I was like, you know, I've really got to get back on this. I, I, I should probably eat salad for lunch and salad for dinner. But the one pizza joint that I really like is right over there, and they're doing take-and-bake specials, and Julie would love to make one of those with me. So I'm going to pick one of those up instead. (laughs) Having kids is great. It sounds like you could just be like, well, the kids would love this experience. But, you know, we haven't had pizza with the kids in a long time. Like, I I am looking forward to that aspect of eventually having children. She, oh, dude, she absolutely loves making, like, we, we would buy like pizza kits and she would help put on the sauce and stuff. Well, this one, they sold it to you with um, Mikey's late night slice, by the way, this is in Columbus. Uh, they'd sell you, it had a big ball of pre-made dough with it. So I you know, brought down this big ball of pre-made dough and they give you everything. Really great time. Uh, so I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with two road trip memories. Uh, kind of partitioned here a little bit. Uh, the first one was kind of a recurring memory from when I was a kid. We would go to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan for vacation every year, a.k.a. Canada South. Um, <laughs> Upper Peninsula of Michigan is amazing. If you've never been, it is it is just, it's a big, gorgeous land. It's right on the water. The water is nice and warm where we would go, which was Escanaba. Um and it is just incredibly nice people. Like it is a really, it was a really great time. And we went every year, whole family, like grandparents, aunts and uncles, cousins, etc. cetera. Um, but on our way into town, we would always end up stopping at this one restaurant that was about a half hour out called Jack's. And it wasn't the best restaurant ever, um, but it was good. And they often would have a, uh, they called it a land and lake special, which was a little steak and some walleye, basically. Um, and I loved it. And like to, to this day, like we, we have only been up there a couple times since I got married. Uh, but anytime that we end up up there, it's just like, it's just such a beautiful sight to see Jack's in the horizon. Cause you know that you're real close to your destination. Um, and it's just, it's great. Uh, now, on the flip side of that, since we've had Julie, uh, we have been to Disney World seemingly a thousand times. Uh, she has she is seven years old, and she has been to Disney World more than I was from like zero to thirty. Because we took her uh, when she was like nine months old. We took her again when she was just shy of two. I, I think that we took her again like two years later, and the year after that, and then this year. So I think she's been five times. It's been at least four of them. Um, and she obviously doesn't remember, you know, Diddley from the first couple trips, but after that, um, watching her eyes light up as we drove through that little, uh, that little awning that says like, welcome to Disney world. Um, that's just like her just absolutely freaking out. That's a really fun memory. Yeah, that's great. And I'm I'm jealous because I went to Disney. My parents took me to Disney when I was a kid. I think I was maybe seven or eight years old and I've never been back. Um, I, I want to go back. I just I've never gotten around to it. Um, funny story. We were supposed to be in Disney this year for a full week or two weeks um, with JD's parents. They have a timeshare down there. And of course, COVID happened. The world shut down, so we are not going to Disney for New Year's this year, but hopefully sooner rather than later. I've always wanted to go back to Disney as an adult, so. My uh, my mom has been planning this massive, like, Disney blowout. Like, my, my parents have basically said they don't really want to go to Disney a whole lot from here going forward, but they wanted to go one time and do it up, like, 
the crazy way, like stay on property and do all that other stuff. Yeah. Um, which I've stayed on property a few times and that's a bit hit or miss um, as I've kind of come to realize. Like we stayed one time, uh, we stayed at uh, Coronado Springs because we got really cheap rates. And that was amazing. Like Coronado Springs was fantastic. And then this time we stayed at the All-Star Sports Resort and like the entire hotel room was like the size of my living room, which is tiny. Uh, it was real weird. Anyway, um, but they're, they're like, we've been planning this trip solidly for two years. Uh, and my mom was like really adamant we were going to go this fall. And uh, literally, as the world shut down, she was getting ready to book the tickets. Oh. So she she stopped herself in the most literal sense, like two days after DeWine had shut down the Arnold Expo from ordering like all the stuff she was going to order. So uh, yeah, we, we will be making a family trip to Disney one day um, when this is all over. I will say one of the things I remember from going as a kid, and again, that was so long ago is, so we went with my cousins, my aunts and uncles, and everyone stayed at a different property. And again, things have changed probably a hundred times over since I was a kid, but that was really cool to have the whole family at different resorts that were still close to one another um, because we got to essentially see a different resort every day um, just by having family on some of the other properties. So I think that's something that might consider when we eventually do go back, but there's so much cool stuff now. Like I, I just, I can't wait to go back as an adult and actually see all the stuff that wasn't there when I was a kid, see some of the stuff that was there when I was a kid and just remember it um, and really be able to take it in and remember a lot more of it. Yeah. We, um, we stayed at, uh, like I said, all-star sports, but my daughter is a huge fan of Tiana uh, her, she's by far her favorite princess. Uh, and we ended up going over to their, uh, what's it called? Port Orleans is one of their resorts because Julie wanted a chance to see the New Orleans resort. Uh, and that was neat to go over to. They sold uh, Mickey Mouse shaped beignets, which if you've seen the princess and the frog is her big like thing that she makes as beignets. That's so fun. Uh, which, as a side note, apparently in the process of all the other ridiculous stuff that they announced, Disney announced a Tiana spinoff show for Disney Plus. Uh, as well as Ashley, Moana the series coming yes. to Disney Plus. No, oh, I think that's great. And I, I actually love hearing that they're doing more with like Moana and Tiana just to see some more representation. Um I know Disney's just been appropriately criticized for the lack of representation they've had for quite some time. So to, to see some of those characters getting spinoffs, I think is awesome. Um, I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that they're doing that. That's great. Amy Adams is returning for an Enchanted sequel, Disenchanted. John Mulaney and Andy Samberg are teaming up to star in a revival of Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Oh, that's going to be amazing. Oh, man. My brother loved that as a kid. He's going to go nuts for that. Whoopi Goldberg is returning for Sister Act 3. So they already made three. No, they only made two. Oh. Well, the second one was the one from Vegas. That's what I remember. Yes. She was in Vegas. Yeah, there's a God. I, I mean, I, I could just sit here and read Disney news all day, but I'm sure that by the time this comes out, people will already be aware of it. I'm just going to say that uh, I'm really excited for pretty much everything I just mentioned. Uh, yeah. Okay. I think that is it for our road trip talk. Uh, Gregory brought us a topic to the table as well that I thought was fun, uh, in part because I think we get to listen to Ashley rant. Oh, no. Um, how has your love for a team changed over the years? Go ahead. I know you got one brewing. Are we just going to rip the Band-Aid off again? Um, so just by background, I 
grew up on the south side of Chicago, um, which for anyone who's not familiar is White Sox territory. I grew up a Cubs fan, though. I was raised a Cubs fan. My mom's a Cubs fan. Um, I was obsessed with Sammy Sosa in the Sammy Sosa era. He was my favorite player. We loved Mark Grace. I loved Derek Lee. Like, I just loved the Cubs as a kid. Um, and just seeing how they've grown and changed as like, as I became an adult, it, it made baseball so enjoyable for me to see some of the young talent they brought to the team. Um, some of just like the really great building blocks they got when Theo Epstein came to the Cubs. That was so exciting. Um, the Ricketts have been killing it for me the last couple of years and like not killing it in a positive way. I, I will attempt to set their political leanings aside, though that is something that personally bothers me. Um, I, I think that they, with the marquee network um, have alienated so many longtime Cubs fans who are used to hearing those games on WGN um, that and to hear Ricketts say at the Cubs convention last year, the year before, like you're booing me now, but in a year you'll be clapping. I don't know any Cubs fan who's currently happy with the arrangement with marquee network. Um, I said when they announced that, that I would not be purchasing Marquee and I'm holding to that. So I do not watch Cubs games on TV anymore. If I do watch them, well, I don't because of COVID. Um, I'll either go in person or I'll listen on the radio. So no more watching Cubs games for me. That was just a personal choice I made. Um, and and just, I, I think that ownership has brought down the team the last little bit. 2016 was a great year for us. Um, but beyond that, the lack of moves during free agency, um, just just some really questionable decisions. And I've seen it on social media, too, that fans who are lifelong fans are just falling out of love with this ball club. Um, I, I don't know what the solution is, but it is it is. Definitely a stark contrast to the excitement that I felt as a kid and even the excitement that I felt four years ago when we were winning a World Series to how I feel about the team now. No, I, I get that. Uh, we talked about it recently on here, uh, what's going on with the Reds and the seemingly fact that they're now starting another rebuild one year after after coming off their last rebuild. And, like, it didn't bother me when they traded Raciel Iglesias because as good as he was this year, he lost him some games early on that were upsetting. Um, but, like, the rumor that they're shopping Sonny Gray right now. And it's just like, God damn it, I don't... Like, I survived the rebuilds, so that way when they're good again, I can root for him. But considering the fact that we got literally like a two week window this year where they were good again. <laughs> and then they're like, cool. Rebuild city. It's just like, God, if, if you can't afford the payroll to field a good team, just sell it, sell the damn team to someone who can, because I'm tired of this shit. I'm tired of us. Like we went out, Sonny Gray's on a cheap contract for his quality. Sonny Gray's getting paid like eight or nine or $10 million a year, which for someone who got Cy Young votes, that's not a lot. Mm -hmm. And if they're getting ready to flip him to get cheaper, what are you going to get that's cheaper that's of quality? Uh, yes, you might get a prospect, and that prospect might pan out. But I have watched them get flip their better players for prospects for the better part of 30 years. And the number of times they panned out has been very few and far between. That's part of what killed me about the Cubs. It's just like the unwillingness to spend money. You're run by billionaires. Spend the money. Like you have all of this talent and now you're faced with, with the prospect of need of having to get rid of it for payroll reasons. And it's, it's just like spend the money or, or, or why are you involved with this team? Um, just really frustrating decisions from ownership. I will also say that the that Len Casper leaving the Cubs has just left a hole in my heart. Um, part of now not watching Cubs games anymore. 
I, I will be able to hear him on the south side of the city since he has now gone to the White Sox. But to leave the Cubs after I think it was like 14 or 15 years to um, go with the White Sox was <sighs> tough pill to swallow when that news broke last week or the week before. So my whole, I went, I went with this question for the sense that it's something that happened to me with the Reds. Um, I grew up with the Reds. You know, my dad played um, like single A or double A ball. Uh, that, that it was just, I always grew up around baseball and I enjoyed watching it. I still enjoy going and I love the sounds, the smells. It's, it's an amazing experience. But as I got older, I got further away from it. And then I realized that I liked the experience of baseball, but not the game itself. So do you think it's because of everything that's happening with all these different networks and kind of pulling their teams into like Fox sports and all those different things where they're pulling them away and not making them readily accessible, making it some of the issues with people coming and not, not watching the sport as much. Well, I mean, here's the thing with Fox Sports. Fox Sports has been around since the mid-90s. Right, which is basically when I stopped watching. Like, after the world, we we did the the podcast, but I didn't really pay much attention. Uh, You're you're blowing my mind right now. I couldn't tell. Uh, (laughs) Anyway. um, That's just how it is. Yeah, I I know. No, um, I don't know. I... The, the the Reds were one of the first teams to make the jump to cable. Uh, Reds used to be on uh, basic here. They were on uh, over the air. They were on star 64. Mm-hmm. And then they jumped over to cable uh, in part because the Reds were bad. Uh, they had a couple bad years in a row and star 64 didn't want to pay for them. And cable company did. Um, but not that that's like a good thing. It's it's a little frustrating right now because Fox Sports Ohio has continually been what's kept me tethered to like regular cable or uh, in this case, I have YouTube TV now. Uh, but they have seemingly just been in dispute after dispute with carriers. They haven't been on Dish Network, I want to say, in over a year. Uh, They had to sign an emergency deal with YouTube TV just before the original planned start of the baseball season. Uh, And that deal's done. That ended at the end of September. So as it is right now, YouTube TV does not have Fox Sports Ohio. And when the baseball season starts back up, I'm going to have to look somewhere else. Chill, dog. Bam. There is a rumor that uh, they're going to uh, be offering a Fox Sports Ohio slash various Fox Sports streaming package that will include just Fox Sports. Um, But even then, like I like MLB has got to figure out a way to make the game accessible. Uh, A streaming package, if it's reasonable, I'm all about. Like, if I can get Fox Sports by itself for five bucks a month or even ten bucks a month, I'm willing to pay it because guess what? I don't watch ESPN. It does not matter to me. Mm -hmm. I don't watch any of these other sports channels. I watch my Reds. Like, if if I could get a service, like, for example, uh, Philo's a big one that's only like $20 or $25 a month but doesn't include any of the uh, sports channels. And then send Fox Sports, you know, five bucks a month to watch my Reds. I'll do that in a heartbeat. Yeah, I I think, you know, some of the struggle because I had MLB TV for a while. um, And I just I hear from I'm lucky because I have two ball clubs in my city. So sports are accessible to me. Chicago is a huge sports city. But hearing from other folks who who are in, you know, Iowa or whatever this whatever the city may be who are getting blacked out from from Cubs games in Iowa or or somewhere else it's it's so frustrating because we've heard for years that baseball needs to be more accessible we need to draw in new fans to baseball we have to make baseball exciting to the youth and and just I I can talk about this all day long baseball has done nothing to help itself be be exciting or be accessible to folks and I and I think that is 
what's going to really lead to its not demise per se, but like it, it can't be profitable. It can't be sustained if it stays the way that it is. No, I 100% agree with you on that. Um, it's it's gotten real weird with baseball because they they acknowledge it. They'll say, "Oh, we have to we have to bring in new fans," but then they don't do anything to try to fix it, and it's astounding to me. Well, to some degree, I even feel like they stifle some of the things that make players exciting. Like, why are we still having conversations about the unwritten rules of baseball that were a thing? you know, 10, 15 years ago, there are new, young, exciting players who bring such passion to the game. And yet we still have, you know, ancient players talking about, oh, that's not respectful to the game or, or, or MLB is just not even utilizing its young, exciting talent. Um, I, I think there's so much work to be done. I, I hope they figure it out. I love baseball as a sport. I love the experience of going to a baseball game. Um, I don't want to lose that. No, and, and well, and what kind of astounds me with that is, you know, how does baseball, how are they not able to market players anywhere nearly to the level of football? Like, it, look, the Bengals are an awful team. They got two wins. But, you, so yeah, you go to any Bengals fan, you ask them how Joe Burrow looked this year, and they're going to tell you how Joe Burrow looked this year, and it's great. And, you go to fans of almost any team, and they're going to name you like even a ch- shitty team like the Bengals. They can name three to five stars off that team. And it's same thing. Like if you come to me and you ask me who's the best player on the Colts, Philip Rivers, and I could do that for virtually any team because the NFL markets players. They do an amazing job at marketing players. You know, uh, it bears. You know, uh, Mitch Trubinsky's their quarterback. I I, I know freaking three quarters of the Bears. Yeah. And MLB just doesn't do that. And it is astounding to me. Yeah, that's one of the problems I've just always seen. Just, you know, like, I feel like for, take Mike Trout, for example, for his Mm -hmm. great of a, a, I'll go ahead and say generational talent that Mike Trout is, how many casual, maybe not diehard baseball fans know who Mike Trout is? Oh, knows what team Mike Trout plays for? I mean, like those are the type of things. Like, there's your, there's a poster child for your sport. How are you not even like adequately marketing one player, let alone the many, many talented, young, exciting players that you have? I mean, I don't watch basketball. It's I've never been able to get into it, and I can still probably name you top talents in basketball just because of marketing. Yeah, no, you, you're 100 correct. Um, yeah. Okay, uh, uh, we have one one last thing to kind of talk about here, and I promise that I wasn't just going to read off Disney stuff. But then they just went ahead and kept going. And I can't stop myself. They have been, in as we've been sitting here talking about this, announcing their gigantic slate of Marvel stuff. Yes. Uh, They officially announced Hawkeye, the TV show, with Jeremy Renner. They have officially announced that Haley Steinfeld will be playing Kate Bishop, the second Hawkeye in it. Um, They've announced a whole lot of, like, little stuff here and there in there in that. Uh, they did officially announce She-Hulk with Mark Ruffalo appearing in the series. They officially announced Moon Knight is coming. And that, now this is where we get into the new stuff. They have officially announced that Samuel L. Jackson will be back as Nick Fury and Ben Mendelsohn will be in from Captain Marvel. He played the, Sk- the Skrull Talos in an original series called Secret Invasion. They've officially announced uh, an Ironheart TV series. Is that the uh, Iron Fist guy? Or not? No, Ironheart is, uh, she's kind of the successor to Iron Man. Uh, it is a super smart, like, 15-year-old African-American girl who uh, builds her own suit of armor, basically. Cool. Nice. Uh, speaking of that, Armor Wars, starring Don Cheadle as James Rhodes. Uh, and Ashley, this is going to get your attention. Coming in 2022 to Disney Plus, the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. Yes. Written and directed by James Gunn. 
Yes, that calls my name immensely. I'm excited for that. And the original series, I Am Groot. (laughs) Oh, man. I love it. Uh, They have officially announced uh, Christian Bale is joining Thor Love and Thunder, which was relatively known. He is playing the villain Gore the God Butcher. Uh, They just basically once again reminded everyone that a new Blade movie is coming starring Masharala Ali. I I butchered that. I know I did. Uh, And they gave the full name of the next Ant-Man movie, which is Quantumania. Quantumania. I've always liked Ant-Man. Ant-Man was always like a sleeper favorite for me. That's like a comfort movie for me. Somewhere, Johnny's crying tears of joy. John Watts will direct the new feature film of Marvel's Fantastic Four. Oh my god! <laughs> I think right. that's I think that's it for their announcements on that. Even if it isn't, I need to stop. I need to stop. Uh, anyway, well, uh, question: with All those announcements is the I Am Group series going to be subtitled? <laughs> that's a damn good question. That's a damn good question. Okay. Yeah, we don't know. It has to be. I mean. I mean, how are you going to have the, I mean, that'd be real. Just make up your own story. I, I mean. Choose your I, adventure with Groot. I mean. I, I watched an entire movie with the minions in it. They don't say much other than banana and some random Spanish. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, uh, that's pretty much what we got for this week. Uh, wrapping up right around an hour. Uh, anyone have anything else they want to talk about? No, I think I'm good. I'll just say thanks for having me on. I Johnny's been pressuring me for ages to do this. Um, so hopefully it lives up to the hype. Hopefully I have contributed adequately. Um, it was fun. It was good to do this. I'm glad we got to do this. I had a good time. This so was good. Yeah. Uh, thanks for coming on, uh, Johnny. Um, we'll make sure that someone has some rose petals at the uh, at the front of your house to reenact coming to America. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's going to steal his luggage. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on and thank you all for listening. Have a great week. Wait. Oh, hold on. Hold on. I've been told to wait. I've been told to wait. Seven-year-old bounding this way. Oh, Julie just wants to wait. Bye. Bye, Julie. Bye, Bye, Julie. They said bye. Yeah, Mitten says bye, too. Okay. Bye, Mittens. (laughs) <laughs> cat's, cat's running it's like if she's coming for me 